listening to this week's message from Freedom Church. For more info on Freedom, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening. Amen. You know, we're in a we're in an awkward place that honestly, it, when we woke up at the beginning of last week, we had no clue that this was going to be like this, right? But you know, here's the thing too is that God had complete and total knowledge and understanding of what was going to happen, what's going on, and I think sometimes we can forget that in the mix that nothing takes God by surprise, you know, but the truth is life doesn't really work out like we want it to, does it? Um, if, if it would have worked out like we wanted to, we'd be at church right now and I would have probably, we'd have just started second service and, and we'd already gone through one service and already seen some faces and hugged some people and God would have already moved and done some incredible things in people's hearts and lives. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't do that today through this medium. I mean, I'm, I'm thankful as bad as technology can be and as frustrating as technology can be. I'm thankful that we get to have something like this today where we can still do what God's asked us to do and what he's told us to do. So, but, you know, life doesn't always work out like we want it to. And we love the idea that God is in control. It's an exciting idea that God is in control. Um, but, but we secretly struggle with that, I think. I think sometimes we secretly struggle with that. Um, it's, it's that we, it's, it isn't that we doubt his ability to control and intervene and that his will is accomplished. It's that we most often don't recognize what he's doing in the process. And I know I'm not the only one who has that issue. Habakkuk 2.2 says, without a vision, the people perish. Notice it says, without a vision, not without vision. See, vision is a focal point. Vision is the act of seeing. Uh, a vision is not in seeing but, but in focusing, our, our vision at Freedom Church is authentic relationships, real experiences, and lasting freedom. Our vision is, is focused on accomplishing that thing. To, that we're supposed to do that thing God told us to do. I mean, when God told us to move down here and plant this church, we asked him to put something inside of our hearts that, that, that people needed to hear, that people needed. And this is what we believe God said. So as long as we're focused on what he told us to do, we're being led by him, we'll experience life. But when we get focused on what we can see, that's when we perish. That's why I'm making the distinction here in that verse that, that there's a difference between vision and a vision. Vision is what you can see, but a vision doesn't require sight to accomplish it. That's right, yeah. So it's the same for you. What's God told you to do? Beyond just freedom, church, what's God told you to do? What's your purpose? What's the focus for this specific season of your life right now? If you're experiencing perishing in your life, then you've probably gotten focused on what you're able to see and not the vision that God put in your heart and life. Are you, are you so busy trying to see that you've stopped, you've stopped accomplishing the vision? And that's what happens in situations like this. It can get very, very easy to respond to what we're seeing and stop the vision from being accomplished. I don't know about you. I'm just not willing to let that happen. And I don't think it should happen in a context of a church or organization. I don't think it should happen in our own individual lives as well. You've been in seasons and situations in your own life where everything around you has been crumbling and crumbling and crumbling. And you're like, am I supposed to keep doing this? Or like, what am I supposed to do? And God just keeps telling you, the vision is what we're focused on here. Not vision, not vision, but the vision, what you, not what you can see, but what I've told you to do. And there can be times when God tells you to do something that is impossible and it seems impossible. And based on what you're seeing right now, it's impossible. For instance, uh, starting a church in a house and then begging God for a building and knowing that there's no way that we can get a building. We had to have $34,000 in order to get into the building that we're in right now. 
listen, March 1, we didn't have $34,000. But the day we signed the lease, we had $34,000. So it's like, if I would have gotten, and if our team would have gotten so focused on what we were seeing, we would have missed what God was doing. And I'm very, very concerned that we get to a place in our lives where we get so focused on what we can see, like an electrical fire in a boot barn that for some reason turns us down, like that we're seeing that and we're not realizing that God is using this as an opportunity to do something incredible. But are we going to recognize what it is? If I'm so busy looking at what's not right, am I going to miss what God is doing? God isn't always going to move like you want him to. I've learned that when I can't see what he's doing, that it's a reminder to focus on him and the vision. So wherever you are in your life right now, obviously we're in a specific situation in our life right now in terms of the church where, man, things are pretty wild right now. We are in a limbo mode where we don't really know what's going to happen over the course of the next weeks. I do know this, though. God's faithful. He has been faithful. He'll continue to be faithful. And he didn't, he didn't bring us from a place that we, we, tend, we really loved and we were enjoying and we were loving life and all that stuff. He didn't bring us all the way down here to give us a couple good years and then to bash us on the rocks. That's, that's not how he operates. Now, if we're living in sin and we're refusing to do what he's told us to do, then we can expect the perishing. But that's not what's happening. Our vision, our vision can potentially work better with certain things, like a building. There has the potential for that. But potential doesn't necessarily mean the fulfillment can't happen without it. And sometimes I feel like in our own lives, we get so locked into this idea that, that if God doesn't do X, Y, and Z, then we're not going to be able to accomplish A, B, and C. And the truth is, is God don't need X, Y, and Z. He just needs a yes from you. He needs a willing heart to, to say, hey, look, God, I don't know how you're going to make this work out, but I'm going to do whatever you want, it, whatever you want me to do. Um, th- this is where our expectations have to be wrangled, if, maybe even more aggressively, where they have to be sacrificed. So what do you do when your expectation and your reality don't match? I'm going to give you three quick things because I don't want to belabor this, but I want to give some encouragement, not just to our team that's here, but to you who are watching online right now because I know you're going through some stuff in your heart and life and you don't know how to respond. You see all the mess around you and you see all the reasons why you should give up hope, but I'm, going to hear, I'm here today to tell you the reason to stay in the game and to keep the hope alive. And here's the first thing is, number one, check your expectation. Proverbs 10, 28. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Righteous expectations bring joy, but wicked ones bring what? Boy, there's that word again. Perish. Well, this is twice now. So I thought maybe it's a good idea to to look at what it means. And if you go and look at what that specific word in that specific spot means, it really is aligning to this idea of causing your courage to fail. So the hope of righteous brings joy. See, hope. Is, 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 you know, the Bible talks about faith, the, 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 the substance of things hoped for. So you attach your hope to something and it gives you courage to walk through the storm that you're walking through because there's hope that's attached to something. Hopefully it's Jesus Christ as the anchor to your soul. But when your expectation is not in line with God's will, it's wicked. And what happens is your courage begins to fail. That's what it means. So what is a righteous expectation? Is it a godly one? Yes. But how about this definition? How about this one? An expectation that does not have built into it the things that you want. It, it's not saying, God, I trust you as long as this. That's like a sorry with the but. You ever got one of those? Look, I'm sorry, but you were kind of a jerk. 
you, you cannot put a caveat on your expectation of what God's going to do. It can't be what, you know what, you know what I really want right now? If you really want to know what I want, I want 20 acres and a ball and building so we can do this thing God told us to do. But here's what I understand is it don't take 20 acres and a building to do this thing God's called us to do. Okay, so whether this thing lasts a week or a month or even longer, goodness, I hope not longer, but however long it lasts, we're going to be leaning hard into meetups and we're going to lean hard into reaching out and connecting with each other. Have those coffee meetings that you haven't, but you've been put, well, we're all busy. We're busy. No, have those meetings now. I'm telling you a great time to have them. Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, go have coffee with somebody and then watch the live if that's what we have to do. Yeah. Um, but, but reach out, connect. We don't have to have a building. A building might help. But if, if all of our trust is in a building, then why don't we go ahead and call building Jesus? Because that's really what we're talking about here. Expectations that are godly ones are ones that have embraced whatever God wants and however he wants it. Now, that's dangerous. That's a dangerous prayer. I remember I said something like that in the freedom class the other day, and Shelby was sitting right next to me. She goes, ooh, that's dangerous. And, and it's true. It's a dangerous prayer. There are expectations, though, that are focused on God and the vision he put in your heart. And you know what the result is? Go back and look in Proverbs 10, 28. The hope of the righteous, your righteous expectation brings joy. Is there joy in your heart right now? What's going on in your situation? That is a great way to determine whether or not your expectations are leaning towards wickedness or towards righteousness. How are you experiencing joy? And remember, joy and happiness are two different animals. Happiness is what you get from what you can see. It's all based on circumstance. But joy comes from your relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're trusting in him and leaning on him, then you're going to experience joy. That's, so that's the first thing right there is check your expectation. Number two, look at the right things. The bad news is this. There are going to be plenty of times in your life where you will simply not be able to see what God's doing. Plenty of times. Um, the good news is that's 100% on purpose. Okay. I, I joked to some of my friends the other day. In fact, I was talking to Pastor Chuck and to Pastor Stephen at, at Longview. And I was just telling him what was going on. And um, I made, I, I put this little thing where I said, God, colon, like a, you know, like a dialogue, like God, um, hey, here's a glimpse of where you're going. Me, awesome, that looks incredible. Okay, how do I get there? God, you don't want to know. And <laughs> that's, it's the truth though, isn't it? Let me ask you a question. Where you are right now, in the experience that you're living right now, would you have said yes if you saw the map? Would you have said, you know what, Jesus, I'm all in for you. Nail my flesh to the cross. I'm from no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, you, you would want to know how in the world can you say you love me if you're going to make me walk this path? But here's what you don't know on this side of the map that you find on the other side of the map is the satisfaction that you get from having walked that mess with Jesus outweighs anything else. It makes it all worth it. The pain, the hurt. Yes, even the abuse, because there's going to be a day when you're sat across the table from somebody else. By the way, maybe not at the church building, maybe at the burrito or at the coffee shop or somewhere else. And you're sitting across from them and you're telling of your experience and how you failed and how you sinned and how your life you didn't happen like you thought it was or how somebody abused you and hurt you. And all of a sudden you say, but let me tell you what God's done. And you see sparks in their eyes and hope begins to be born inside of them. And all of a sudden, the worst of your life gets them out of the worst of their life. Are you willing to do that? Because if you had the roadmap right now, you wouldn't be in. You wouldn't do it. 
It'd be too hard. If you knew the road he was going to take you on, you would have quit out of fear. And I can prove it to you. Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. This is when the Israelites were heading to the promised land. Here's what the Bible says. Pharaoh let the people go. God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. There is not a better verse to explain exactly what I was talking about before with vision. When you base everything off of uh, uh, everything you do off of what you can see, you're going to be paralyzed with fear. You're going to lose your confidence and you are never going to experience joy. What what would have changed had the Israelites chosen to trust God and focus on what he was doing rather than what was going on around them? Guys, let's not forget for just a second. Okay, that they, they, they just saw 10 crazy miracles. Yeah. Insane miracles. Bro, they went into people's houses and took all their jewelry and all their goods and walked out without a fight. Miraculous. But they get to some little stanky Philistines, some uncircumcised Philistines, as David calls them, and, and, and get, they get to get a little afraid. This is why the roadmap, you need to be careful asking God for all the steps. You need the next step, not all the steps. Okay? You, you got to be careful because what will happen is you will get into that moment and the spirit side of you will not have been built up enough to handle what the physical side is seeing. I, I might need to say it again. You got to be careful because the, the spiritual side of you not, might not be prepared to deal with the physical that you're seeing. Because see, walking by faith and not by sight takes some, some fortitude in your spirit. It takes you squashing some flesh. What would change in your life if you would begin to walk right now by the vision rather than vision right now if you would begin to walk by what God's told you to do and trusting in him and leaning in him rather than letting your flesh dictate the next step if you want to create more problems and a more difficult experience focus all of your attention on what you can see and completely ignore the vision that's how you get drastic terrible results but whenever you say you know what God I'm all in I know right now I feel like I'm going straight but you might make me take a left at Albuquerque tomorrow, but whatever you want me to do, I'm all in. That's trusting in God, and that's looking at the right things. Here's the last one. Choose to trust. Genesis 22 and 5. This is the story where Abraham is about to go sacrifice Isaac. God's already told Abraham, I'll make you father of all these nations, and look at the sky and the stars, and uh, you're going to have more descendants than that. I mean, just this amazing stuff. And here's what, here's what Abram says to the people that were with him as they were going to sacrifice. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. What a better statement of trust in God than we will come again to you. You see, Abraham knew both sides of this coin. He knew what trusting what he could see could accomplish. And that's Ishmael. He knew it. He, he couldn't see the sun come at his expectation. Abraham had a very specific expectation how he wanted all that to work out. And it didn't happen like that. So in a moment of fleshly impatience, he panicked. And you know what else? His wife did too. That's why you got to be careful because when you only trust what you can see, don't be surprised when even those around you lose confidence in the vision. Mm, that's good. I'm, and I'm obviously talking to people who are watching here, but I'm especially talking to the lead team here too. Be careful that, that your attitude and how you foresee what's going, how you see this situation doesn't create some negativity in you that causes other people to lose confidence in the vision. Right. Fathers, I'm talking to you who are watching online. 
Be sure that whenever something bad happens in your house, be sure that you're the one that's saying, we're going to focus on the goodness and the godness, not what's bad here. We're going to address the issues, but I'm going to pull out what God wants in here, not what the devil wants in here. I'm not going to allow my family to go into a state of fleshly panic because we can't see what God's doing. He endured some perishing in that experience, didn't he? He had also learned what trusting the vision could accomplish. Isaac was born and, and joy resulted. Trusting the vision and the vision giver moved the ball forward. So here's what you can do. You can trust, you can panic, but you can't do both. You can trust or panic, but you can't do both. Worrying is proof that you are the source, that you are the fixer, that what you can see is what will make it better and that you can bring it all together. Okay, that's what it is. Trusting is proof that God is the source, that he is the fixer, that what you can see doesn't matter because it's God that makes it all come together anyway. I got to tell you, y'all, I don't have a clue what's going to happen with the church building. I talked to the electricians on Friday and I said, hey, I know we're like the low man on the totem pole here, but um, like, come on, I don't want to be like three weeks out before y'all even start to look at what's going on. Well, they already had the electrician in there. In fact, I'm going to go up there either um, this afternoon or first thing in the morning and, and arrange some stuff in the electrical room there because they need to get in there and do some things. I want to get it prepared. I, want, I, don't, want, I don't want them to be waiting on us for anything. Okay, so now is that me being impatient? No, that's doing what I need to do in order to make the ball move forward. So just as a side note, and, and this is beyond just what's going on with us at church, think about your own situation. You who are watching, think about your own situation. Like, what is something that you could do to move the vision down the road? What is something that God's waiting on you to do before he can get the people in to fix the problem? Problem is, is that you think that you can fix every problem. And what God does is he empowers the body of Christ to come together to, collecti to collectively fix the issues. Okay? I needed firemen on Thursday afternoon. I needed electricians on Friday. See what I'm saying? So, I, I can't have my firemen fixing my electricity. I'm going to have a problem. I, I'm going to have more problems than i got right now. And that could be why we're in this situation to begin with. There's people who don't know what they're doing trying to fix a building. Um, not that firemen. We are so thankful for the firemen. Goodness. I mean, if they wouldn't have come when they did, and um, uh, we, we might have lost everything. But that's not the case. Um, God intervened, and he used some firemen from multiple, multiple departments. Praise God. But, but the whole point is, it's going to take the body of Christ coming together to, together to fix problems. But maybe the problem is in your life is that you haven't made that phone call for somebody that can help you. And you've been trying to fix it on your own based on what you see rather than bringing somebody in who remembers what the vision is and can help you redirect to that. That's all I'm saying. That is where we are as a church today. Maybe one week, maybe a month. But a building does not make or break the vision of Freedom Church. The building serves the vision, not the other way around. The building serves the vision. We will still gather. We'll still connect. We'll still do meetups. We'll still be a family. But whether this is a week or a month, whether we can see God moving or not, we are going to check our expectations at the altar. We're going to look at the right things, the vision and the vision giver. And we're going to trust God no matter what. That's what we're doing this moment at Freedom Church. And I'm asking every one of you, not just who are in the room now, but everybody watching, is that what you're going to do as well? And not just with freedom, but is that what you're going to do in your own life? 
whenever you're faced with a situation where you don't know what to do and you don't know how to accomplish what needs to be accomplished, are you going to freak out or are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to your next step? Are you going to sacrifice your expectations? I'm going to wake up one day and something that I wanted to happen is not going to happen. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Am I going to let my flesh have its heyday? Oh, if I just blow up and get it out of my system, I'll be okay. Wrong. That is the devil. That is the flesh. That is not godliness. That will bring perishing because what it'll do is it'll take your problem and then you blew up and you got another problem. Ask me how I know, okay? I'm the master at this, okay? So it is like one of my weaknesses. I, I, I can just get wild and, you know, wigged out about something. But can I tell you something? I've not been wigged out about any of this. I've not been frustrated. I've not been angry. I've not been sad. I've not been upset. Um, some of you guys walked in this morning like, you all right? And I'm like, I'm just kind of tired, but it's beyond that. I feel fine about this. And I don't know why other than I've just seen God come through so many times. Why would I stop trusting him? And can I tell you something else? Like, I love it when God puts me into a situation where the only option I have is trust him because it gives my flesh the opportunity to get in line. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have another choice. I can't make the electricians work faster. I I can't do anything. I can't make them turn power onto our building. I can get a little salty that Family Dollar has power than we don't. I get a little salty about that, but, but, but that's, that's not going to do anything. I had a, had a close family friend this week say this. He said, your landlords are going to have plenty of people griping at them about getting the power back on. But you have the opportunity to be a voice that says, we're behind you. We're here to help. How can we help? So, I could either focus on what I'm seeing and respond in my flesh, or I could take just a moment and say, God, you're up to something. Help me see it. That's what I'm asking you to do in your own lives. Whatever problem you're dealing with in your family or in your personal life right now, maybe it's a situation with a family member. Maybe there's some loss that you've experienced that's still breaking your heart. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's finances. I, I don't know what your issue is, but, but you have something. And right now, it's going to be very easy for you to focus on everything you can see. But I'm asking you to tap into your spirit right now and allow yourself to ask the question, Holy Spirit, what is going on that you see clearly that I need to see? God, help me focus on what you want me to see here. That's what we're asking you to do today. When you're starting to worry, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to put it on the screen so you can see it. Here's what I want you to say. And if you're watching online, you can go to version, click events, and you can get this right here. But it says this. My expectation is in your ability to accomplish your word, and that's it. My focus is on what you've told me to do and nothing else. Even when it feels impossible, I trust you. Come on. My expectation is in your ability to accomplish your word, and that's it. God, no other little caveats, no other. uh, God, if you get me through this, then I'll praise you. No, forget all that. I'm going to praise you now before we get the fulfillment. My focus is on what you told me to do and nothing else. Some of y'all waiting on a word. He already gave you one. Do that. Then he'll give you another word. Okay. Some of y'all ain't even doing what the Bible says, man. Like do what the Bible says and then he'll give you a word. All right. I love y'all. I love y'all. But listen, even when it feels impossible, I trust you. This song, 70 Gret Singer. Um, sings. It's called Confident. It's the song that God put in my heart when all this started in, in 1999. And then it, it talks about the mountain mover. God, you're the mountain mover. Only you can. And some of y'all saw the, the live that I did the other day 
um, in the family feed where I talked about how, and I did this on the daily hit too, about how my focus cannot be in my ability to move a mountain because when it comes to moving mountains, I'm trash. Okay. And yes, faith is a mustard seed. Move the mountain. Praise God. Yes. But my faith is in the mountain mover, not in my ability to move a mountain. We got a mountain in front of us, y'all. And you probably have a mountain in your life right now too. You've been pushing on it. You've been digging. You've been killing yourself trying to figure out how to get this mountain moved. Stop. Focus on Jesus. He's the one that moves the mountains. And that's what we're going to expect him to do in this situation. Amen? Yeah. Can you all agree with that? Yeah. Amen. All right, let me take a moment and pray. Father, we, we, we are so grateful and so thankful for everything that you're doing in our hearts and lives right now. And God, we just confess that our expectation is in you and you alone. God, it's in you and you alone. And our focus is on what you've told us to do. And God, no matter what, we trust you. And God, I know I can say it for myself, but God, as the men and women of God that are listening to this right now, as they're hearing these words, God, give them the ability to confess right now to you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you with everything. God, we have some wants. We have some things that we'd like to see happen. But God, I would rather have what you want in your time than what I want in speedy time. Because God, when I get what I want, it doesn't tend to work out in the long run. And God, you are the one who created everything. You exist outside of time. You've already seen the conclusion to this specific problem. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to trust my finite understanding of what's happening. I'm going to trust your infinite, omniscient wisdom on how to fix these problems. Not just at Freedom Church, but in our own lives as well. God, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you for watching online. Um, be sure to connect with us on our Facebook page regularly and through our website to, to keep up to date with everything that's going on. We'll also try to send out emails. So if you are not a part of our email chain and all that stuff, go to freedomdl.com. And um, when you get there for the first time, it'll pop up and say, hey, fill out a, you know email request or whatever. Do that. It's one of the best ways for us to keep in touch with you. Um, I'm going to have all of your meetup leaders reach out to you this week to talk about where meetups are going to be. I mean, man, we good, baby. We meet at the house here. But uh, <laughs> but we have a lot of other meetups that meet at the church. And so um, I'll have those leaders reach out to you. Hang with us this week. Y'all keep praying. And here's here, Let me just one last thing to tell you is that God has some really good stuff that he has prepared for us in the midst of all this mess. And it's my job, one of my main jobs, to make sure that we as a lead team and we as the rest of the church are focusing on what God is trying to do here. I don't want to miss that. So here's what I'm asking you to do collectively as a whole entire church body, as a family. Let's all pray that God would show us exactly what the good that he wants in this. I pray that we would see that and that God's will be accomplished. It's going to happen and pray that we're in line with that. Amen. At Freedom, we want to help you have authentic relationships with God and His people, to have real experiences with the Holy Spirit, and to find lasting freedom. If the Holy Spirit speaks to you through this message, or if you want to make a decision for Jesus, please reach out at freedomdl.com connect. For more info on Freedom, including service times and location, visit freedomdl.com. Thanks for listening.